Welcome back to Well That's Interesting, the stuff that shouldn't kill you, but here we are edition. Great. <laughs> no, that's, ah, I'm, I'm positive that whatever you're going to talk about is like in this apartment right now and it's going um, to kill me. Is it the refrigerator? <laughs> I did look around. Uh, is it in this room right now? It could be in the future. <laughs> I'm even more stressed. Oh my God. It all depends. Uh. <laughs> so, today, in between 062, food allergy from blood transfusion. Great. And a roller coaster designed to kill riders. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> this sucks. No. <laughs> what are you doing to me? It's oh. two things I love, roller coasters and blood transfusions. <laughs> You're ruining I'm just ruining it. <laughs> oh, tell me everything. Okay, uh, before we dive in uh, to this clusterfuck, uh, I'm Jill Chacha, and I am with the just highly motivated Marissa Riley. Yes. <laughs> so motivated, man. <laughs> and if this is your first time listening, uh, welcome to the flock. Welcome. Dr. Riley here comes in cold and learns everything in real time, just like you. It's true. I had no idea what we were <laughs> going to talk about. Um, but since I've been told uh, my stress levels uh, have gone up drastically, they are spiking. Yeah. So I'm, I'm excited. I'm very excited, especially the second half, the roller coaster one. is The roller coaster half of the show is we're going to watch a video. Oh, it's gonna be great! It's so funny. I was, <laughs> I was just thinking about the number of roller coasters I I like went on as mm-hmm. a kid and a young adult. Yeah, and that was back when I thought I was invincible. And just like looking back, I'm like, we were just trying to kill ourselves all the time. That they're so scary. I would do it again in a minute. But like, we were just hurling ourselves yeah. into the air. Yes, you know, on this thing. That that uh, hopefully is up to code. Might work. <laughs> I went on some questionable roller coasters back in the day. They, yeah. And now you're from Texas. Yeah, a uh, lot of rodeos. <laughs> yes, I was about to ask. Like rinky fucking dink. You know, just oh, roll, rolling into town. Those were the ones that you got so excited about, and those rides were the. I will say they were the funnest. They were funner than like big theme parks, which are there are a ton of those in Texas too. But these were funner because they were so dangerous. Yeah, and like <laughs> everything was rusted and like held could, together with duct tape. Yeah, you could hear the the just the fine the fine line between uh, life and death. <laughs> yeah, and also like these rodeos that were like they were tra- like kind of like traveling carnivals. So yeah. like. They would put it all in a box and drive away. And, and like, they would Ikea this shit together. Yeah. Except it wasn't new. Like, imagine imagine building the bed that you sleep in from Ikea stuff and then unbuilding it and then rebuilding it and then unbuilding it and then rebuilding it and then trying to sleep in it. You're going to fall. You're going to, you're going to. You're not gonna. You're not gonna have all the screws that you had the first time. No, fuck no. <laughs> fuck no. You're not. Some things are gonna get lost along the way. Yeah. So imagine that bed, but a roller coaster. <laughs> Anyways. Ah, uh, to be human. To be human. It's great. Uh, I guess we should begin. We definitely should. <laughs> <So let's, laughs> all right. Let's begin by traveling back in time just a few, several thousand years to 2015. Oh my God. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So long ago. 
We're in the magical land of Canada, specifically the city of Toronto. Okay. And we're sitting in the chemotherapy wing of a very concisely named Hospital for Sick Children. Wow. Well, my heart is on the floor. Yeah, this took a turn. Yeah. Uh, It's here. An eight-year-old boy is going through his third and hopefully final cycle of chemo. I hope. To win his battle against a motherfucker called medulloblastoma. Oh, my God. Yeah. Very long story short, uh, according to USCF BenioffChildrens.org, this is basically a brain tumor that grows out of the cerebellum, okay. which is part of the brain that controls balance, coordination, and complex functions, so those can be affected. Oh, my poor baby. Yeah, just, you know, everything. Oh, yeah, all the good stuff. So the tumor also blocks the flow of cerebrospinal fluid, causing, quote, headaches, nausea, vomiting, and difficulty walking. Direct pressure on cranial nerves adjacent to the tumor can also cause double vision and difficulty speaking or swallowing. Ugh. Just Ugh. The fucking worst. Send this kid anything they want. Yeah. Just literally yeah. anything they want, any toy. Jesus Christ. Yeah. So this would be a clusterfuck and terrifying for an adult, so I can only imagine the experience of an eight-year-old whose chances of survival, thankfully, are 80% when treated with a combo of complete surgical removal of the tumor, radiation, and chemotherapy. I love that number. But in, great in number. cancer talk, That's great. 80% is a wonderful number. Yeah. That's yeah. a really great number. It really is. So that's where we are today, standing at the proverbial finish line uh, staring at the proverbial finish line <laughs> in the distance with this kid going through the last of some chemo and a blood platelet transfusion. Oh, shit. I'm nervous. Yeah. Put a pin in that. Okay. So okay. all must have gone well because the kid was able to return home. And in just a few short weeks after that hospital visit, he was able to eat a full dinner. Ah, that's great! Yeah, remember this tumor can affect swallowing and coordination. So this is a pretty big fucking milestone. Uh, Dinner is the best. I'm so (laughs) glad this kid gets to eat dinner at last. So it was a milestone that ended in, you guessed it, anaphylaxis. Fuck. Or an extreme allergy or an extreme allergic reaction to the salmon he ate. No! Luckily, he was treated in time with antihistamines at the ER. And although the patient had absolutely no history of being allergic to fish prior to the last round of treatment, doctors told the family just to avoid fish from now on. What a bummer. Luckily, there's other fun things to eat. (laughs) a lot. (laughs) Also, as a kid, I I wasn't a big fan of fish as a kid. Maybe it's a really healthy kid. Maybe they're trying to be healthy, but... Get that kid some chicken tenders. <laughs> Get that kid a hot dog. Get yeah. that kid a hamburger. Yeah, that's all right. Some, they deserve it. Uh-huh. They, they went to chemo. Give them anything they want. <laughs> that's right. So they went home and life carried on, this time with a few more EpiPens than usual stored yeah. away. Yeah. And it seemed like life-threatening adventures were finally over. Of course, they weren't. No, <laughs> never. It never ends. Dr. Marissa, would you please tell us what happened next during the innocent act of eating some candy? No. According to the case study published in the September 2015 issue of CMAJ. I would love to. Okay, quote, four days after the fish-induced anaphylaxis, the patient experienced an allergic reaction to peanuts minutes after eating a chocolate peanut butter cup. Symptoms were vomiting, angioedema of the lip, oh, I know what that is, and lethargy. At the emergency department, his blood pressure was normal. His symptoms resolved over a few hours after he received diphenhydramine. 
the patient had often eaten peanut butter products and had a peanut butter sandwich without an anaphylactic reaction about one more one month before uh, this presentation. End quote. Dude. Yeah. Dude, a life without peanut butter cups. Fuck that. Without peanut butter <laughs> sandwiches. Oh, my heart. Just get me on that ride. Get me on the roller <laughs> Yeah, that's right, my friends. Uh, another food that was once just a normal part of this eight-year-old's diet had become a sudden allergy. Shit. A skin prick test was performed, and it was confirmed. The kid was now allergic to peanuts, tree nuts, fish, and salmon. So what the fuck is going on here? Quote, it's very rare to have an allergic reaction to a previously tolerated food, oh. said the report's senior author, Dr. Julia Upton, a specialist in clinical immunology and allergy at the Hospital for Sick Children in Toronto. Quote, the overall idea is that he wasn't allergic to these foods, but in the blood transfusion, he received the protein that triggers an allergic reaction to them. She told LiveScience.com. Oh, shit. Mm. Oh, shit. Ah! That protein, my friends, is immunoglobulin E, or IgE. Uh, and according to good old... <laughs> I'm just shaking my head. I'm like, that's a lot of uh, I, uh, uh, w- letters. A lot of letters. I physically had to move my body to pronounce the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> like, immunoglobulin <laughs> And according to good old wiki, IgE is an antibody produced by the body's plasma cells. Uh, it tells the immune system to release chemicals like histamine, which causes all the shit you see and feel during an allergic reaction. Yeah. Fuck. Fuck. So, good news. This kid isn't alone. Great. Um, (laughs) Great. That makes me feel better. (laughs) Quote, acquiring allergies from a blood donor is rare, but not without precedent. The, The researchers found two other case reports, both in adults, in which patients acquired temporary allergies from blood plasma. Oh, so it's temporary. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, temporary is great. Oh, my God. For a minute, I was like, this kid is going to be deprived. I mean, salmon is one thing. You, you're fine without salmon. It's, <laughs> it's very healthy, but you're fine. But peanut butter? That's no, rough. No, no, no. Not as, especially when you're eight. When you're a kid, everything, everything is peanut butter. Everything has peanut butter. butter in it, man. All the good stuff. Yeah. All the candies, the sandwiches. Mm-hmm. That's all I can think of. But, yeah. <laughs> Et cetera. Et cetera. <laughs> Uh, continuing the quote, uh, in, 2000, in a 2007 case, an 80-year-old woman had an anaphylactic reaction to peanuts, and an investigation showed that her 19-year-old plasma donor had a peanut allergy, oh. end quote. From the Live Science article, Boy Gets Food Allergies from Blood Transfusion. So maybe we should, like, write this down. Yeah. What? <laughs> <laughs> maybe when they're... <laughs> Someone, someone, write, write, someone that down. write this down. Um, like when someone donates plasma, blood, whatever. Yeah. They tell them their allergies, and then they write it down. Yeah, I guess they do because they were able to track it down. That yeah. The donor had. But why didn't they tell them? I guess because this happens so rarely. It happens really rare. Yeah. I'd still but tell we'll, them. We'll get into that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> So with a little digging, the researchers in the eight-year-old's case found out, yes, this donor also had an allergy to nuts, fish, and shellfish. Okay. Same thing. <clears throat> and we just talked about it. Is this kid who survived fucking cancer, is he now stuck with multiple allergies? And 
like we just said, it's temporary. As he got healthier, he was able to produce his own plasma. Amazing. Yeah, and things turned around, so, and went back to normal, basically. Wonderful. Wonderful. Oh, no. Doctor, (laughs) tell us, Dr. Marissa, how long did that take? Okay, okay, all right. I will tell you, quotes, about five months later, blood tests showed that the boy's immunoglobulin E... Levels, nailed it, Uh, to salmon and peanut were undetectable. By six months, his parents had gradually and successfully reintroduced nuts and fish back into their son's diet. End quote. That's not that long. No, that doesn't no. bother me. In a in an eight year old's life, yeah, that's a long. That's time. a long time to go without a peanut butter cup. Yeah, there was probably a, a Halloween in there. Sure, there was probably an Easter in there. Mm-hmm. You know, a birthday in there. Yeah, all without peanuts, etc. That is yeah. actually very depressing. <laughs> So sorry. You just made yourself depressed. It was great. I saw the whole thing. I went from like, it's fine. It's not. It's not. It's really not. They had to go through his candy at the Halloween. Say, you can't eat this. Yeah. To tell a kid they can't eat candy. Oh, it's devastating. That's devastating. Yeah. Wow. (laughs) Back to the podcast. it's, (laughs) It's temporary. And that is actually super great in the long run. Um, But does this mean we should think about excluding folks who have food allergies from donating and tests for IgE? No. No, because that would be fucking chaos. Yeah. Uh, Dr. Julia Upton told Live Science, quote, testing donated blood for levels of IgE doesn't always predict allergies. Some people with high levels of IgE don't have allergies. And others with low levels of the protein do, end quote. Well, that doesn't help. No, it doesn't. At all. No. Yeah, uh, acquiring an allergy from blood donation is, like we said, super rare. And unfortunately, it seems like getting one all comes down to chance, like a series of circumstances that need to align so much so it it feels like a terrible prank by the universe. Here's what I mean. Like multiple factors, including the donor's genetic tendency to develop allergies, the type and volume of blood product given, um, the half-life of the specific IgE, and the timing and the amount of exposure to an allergen in the recipient contribute to the risk of anaphylaxis. End quote from the case study. I still think we should be very, I I think we should tell it because anaphylaxis, it's never happened to me, but it's really scary. I've seen it. Woof. Oh my God. (laughs) No thanks. Yeah. So that kid and the old lady, they wandered into a cancer amusement park and became innocent passengers on a roller coaster that had its ups and downs and took unexpected turns, went backwards for a little bit, but eventually forward. That was beautiful. Sorry, just wanted to quickly (laughs) note that is the most beautiful metaphor I've ever heard. Continue. Sorry. (laughs) So good. And in the end, they were lucky to walk away cancer-free, allergy-free, and alive. Oh! Yes. That's gorgeous. That's beautiful. After the break, though. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Another kind of ride. One simply called the euthanasia coaster. No. (laughs) No. We're going to talk about how it works. We're going to check out a few photos and talk about it. Okay. (laughs) Stay tuned. Please do. (laughs) Hello, everyone. You may recognize me as Gabby from the History of Everything podcast. And my name is Brenna, and you don't recognize me from anything yet. Together, we're two scientists who explore all of the weird little questions and conspiracies of the universe in our new podcast, Mystery of Everything. Everything has an explanation, 
We hope. But that is what we're here to figure out. We will dive into the science behind many popular conspiracy theories, such as vaccines causing autism, flat earth theory, and was the moon landing fake? And if so, why the heck would anyone even do that? But it's not just conspiracies. There's a lot of cool mysteries that we will attempt to use science to explain, such as near-death experiences, what made the Vikings go berserk, and can I control my co-host with MK Ultra? Wait, what? <laughs> anyway, make sure to check out the Mischief Everything podcast everywhere where you find your podcasts. There are really many reasons to listen to our podcast, Big Picture Science. It's kind of a challenge to summarize them all, Molly. Okay, here's a reason to listen to our show, Big Picture Science, because you love to be surprised by science news. We love to be surprised by science news. So, for instance, I learned on our own show that I had been driving around with precious metals in my truck before it was stolen. That was brought up in our show about precious metals and also rare metals, like most of the things in your catalytic converter. I was surprised to learn that we may begin naming heat waves like we do hurricanes. You know, prepare yourself for heat wave Lucifer. I don't think I can prepare myself for that. Look, we like surprising our listeners. We like surprising ourselves by reporting new developments in science and while asking the big picture questions about why they matter and how they will affect our lives today and in the future. Well, we can't affect lives in the past, right? No, I I guess that's a point. (laughs) So the podcast is called Big Picture Science, and you can hear it wherever you get your podcasts. We are the hosts. Seth is a scientist. I'm a science journalist. And we talk to people smarter than us. We hope you'll take a listen. Hey, everyone. Jill Chacha here from Well, That's Interesting. And I am absolutely thrilled to tell you about Spotify for Podcasters. I use it. I love it. And it all started by downloading the free Spotify for Podcasters app, which has all the tools you need in one place to record and edit your masterpiece of a podcast. Spotify for Podcasters also distributes your show to all major platforms. So when you hit publish, your episodes will stream not only on Spotify, but I'm talking about the Apples, the Googles, Stitcher, Good Pods, the other ones. (laughs) You get the idea. And you can monetize your podcast with no minimum listenership required. You could also set up monthly subscriptions and record ads just like this one. So what are you waiting for? Download Spotify for Podcasters today and start changing the world. Oh, and please, stay interesting. Did you know that Elvis once showed up to the White House high as a kite with a bunch of guns? Did you know that Eleanor Roosevelt once had a romantic relationship with a lesbian reporter? Hi, we're Stephanie. And Tux. From Beyond Reproach, a comedic history podcast where we talk about political scandals like how FDR's grandfather made the family fortune smuggling dope. And messy government officials like President Johnson, who named his dick Jumbo and would wave it around at people on Capitol Hill. Gross. (laughs) And we do it all while drinking period-appropriate historic cocktails, like JFK's favorite, the lime daiquiri we are not historians we're just a couple of drunks who never shut up and love history we hope you'll join us on beyond reproach for some big facts good laughs a little bit of swearing a lot of drinking and a real good time you can find beyond reproach wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts and we're back we are so back we're so back and we're at six flags great adventure in jackson new jersey yes we are (laughs) (laughs) Of all the places in the world, it's here where the world's tallest roller coaster calls home. Really? I know. (laughs) 
I would expect it to be in Texas. I don't know why. Yeah. I think it's because yeah. Texas is so Texas. <laughs> or Florida. I can see it being in Florida. Oh, big time. Big time, yeah. Maybe California. Yeah. But... Jersey. Jersey. Jackson, Good for you. Jackson, New Jersey. Jackson, New Jersey. <laughs> so, Dr. Marissa, I would absolutely love it if you can tell us more about this ride as provided by the Six Flags of Jackson, New Jersey website, sixflags.com slash greatadventure slash attractions slash kingdaka. Oh, my. Okay. Let's talk about it. Quote, <laughs> There's a reason this coaster is known as the king. King Daka is quite simply the tallest coaster in the world and fastest roller coaster in North America. Is that impressive enough to warrant royalty? You bet it is. (laughs) This upside down U-shaped track bolts up 45 stories in the sky. That's 456 feet high, exclamation point. (laughs) This uh, leaves all other coasters in the dust. And of course, it's going to take some mighty acceleration to get you to the top of it. I'm like exhausted talking about this. (laughs) You'll leave the station from zero to 128 miles per hour in a jaw-dropping 3.5 seconds. I'm nauseous. Actually, there won't even be time for your jaw to drop. You'll be shooting up that impossible height so fast you won't even have time to think. So just hang on. It's a 90 degree straight up. And once you get to the top, you'll be plummeting right back down in a 270 degree spiral that is not recommended for wimps. (laughs) Ouch. Um, There is a very little, uh, there is very little that can prepare you for a drop of this intensity. I'm getting more and more intense as I read this. You'll top it off with a 129 foot camel hump. Well, how else did you think the king got around? Lol. No loose articles will be permitted on the King Duka. Please store them in a locker with a non-rider before entering the queue. End quote. I know. I need a nap. Yeah. Just reading about that coaster made me It's insane. Stress. Yeah. Now, <clears throat> Dr. Marissa, I have some good news and some bad news. Okay. <laughs> the good news is that this is not the euthanasia co- coaster. Great. It's, not. it's good. Not. The bad news is, is that we're going to watch a video of the point of view of someone in the front seat of this ride. I actually, <laughs> I actually consider this good news. Good news? I'm okay. pumped because, I, because I'm not on it. <laughs> It's, yeah. Anyway, I am so excited about this. Uh, by the way, the coaster is so fast. Like you said, 128 miles per hour. It only takes 50 seconds to go all the way up and fall all the way back down. 50 seconds. 50 seconds of your life. Yeah. Okay. And if you would like to watch along with us, head on over to that website or just search King Deca and Six Flags on YouTube. And many videos come up. People video this shit all the time amazing so okay. pick pick whatever you fancy okay dr marissa are you ready <laughs> no but <laughs> show it to me anyway okay. uh please tell us what you see uh what you hear and feel free to scream along with the people on this ride i'm gonna yes. i'm gonna turn it up so please listen uh folks you may want to lower your volume right now so i'm actually on youtube oh my god i'm so excited I <laughs> do i even have time to describe it I'll, I'll do my best okay okay so this is the station okay so we're looking out um 
straightforward at um, a, a, I don't know, a, the, 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 track? the track. And it looks like it goes straight forward. And then it does look like it goes on a 90 degree turn straight up. Yeah. Okay. And there's like <clears throat> trees and stuff. There's, yeah, there's a there's some trees. Yeah, there's okay. some nature, but some nature. It's, it's so fucking scary. I'm gonna okay. do. I'm gonna you do ready? my best. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, okay. Woo! Nothing's <laughs> happening. They're just excited. Yeah. Okay. All right. We're sitting. We're just sitting here. Are they holding their phone on this? I think someone's holding their phone. No loose articles. What the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> You're gonna lose your phone. Okay, nothing's happening. They're just the hydraulics just went. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And we're going forward. We're going forward. And we're about to go. Whoosh! Straight up. Straight. And we're twisting. And we're trying. We're going back down. We're going back down, straight down, and we're twisting, ah, and back down, back down, and then up, uh, camel, camel hump, camel hump, camel hump, uh, which is so minuscule compared to what we just did. Oh my god. And that's it. Yeah. All right, so. That was terrifying. I don't know, that was scary. It, I thought it was <laughs> scary, but I, I wasn't on it, so I felt really safe. Yeah. Um. And I know I'll never be on it, so that also made me feel safe. <laughs> Did you hear the wind? Yeah. Yeah, hopefully the the recording went through, but it was just like whoosh. Yeah, it was fucking insane. Yeah, imagine just going straight up. You're looking straight at the sky, and then imagine coming back down, but not going straight down, twisting. Yeah, there's a twist into it, too. Twisting, like a spiral staircase, except you're just facing down. Yes. Yeah. Crazy. It's... I uh, also, if any of our listeners yeah. have done this or like roller coaster fans, I've enjoyed plenty of roller coasters in my life and I really liked it. Now I'm kind of old and tired. But like, <laughs> if you're into this or if you have been on this, please write to us and tell us how it made you feel. And yeah. maybe in comparison to other coasters, we would love to talk yeah. about it. And oh, I want to hear about your adrenaline I rush. I really want to hear about it. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. All the things you felt because we're going to talk about those G's you feel and your heart and what happens to the blood in your head. Yeah. Yeah. So although terrifying and massive, this coaster is perfectly safe, Uh, but humans are going to human and push and blur the boundaries of innovation and entertainment. Oh my God. When John Allen served as president of the Philadelphia Toboggan Coasters Company. Adorable. Adorable. Philadelphia Toboggan Coasters Company. I think the word toboggan is the cutest (laughs) thing I've ever heard. It's one of the oldest existing roller coaster manufacturers in the world. Uh, He was famously quoted as saying, the ultimate roller coaster is built when you send 24 people, when you send out 24 people and they all come back dead. This could be done, you know, end quote. (laughs) I mean, I don't think that's a win at all. (laughs) That's the the president of that company. (laughs) You guys, I think that's not exactly at all. That's like saying like, I want to perform at a comedy show and I want everyone in the audience to die. Like, (laughs) I want my comedy to be so good. It kills people. That is not what the roller coaster is for, man. (laughs) (laughs) What? I'm spiraling just like the roller coaster. Uh, these words inspired Lithuanian artist uh, Julie Jonas Urbanos, a PhD candidate at the Royal College of Art in London, to create a hypothetical death machine, quote, in the form of a roller coaster, engineered to humanely, with elegance and euphoria, take the life of a human being, end quote. 
from Urbanos website over at juliejonasurbanos.lt. Oh my God. I yeah. really want to see the six part series uh. <laughs> about this. This, this gives me Squid Game vibes. Uh, now, this coaster is not located in New Jersey or anywhere, really. Uh, however, one was built to scale <gasps> and displayed back in 2010 at the Science Gallery in Dublin. That's pretty cool. And my friends, I hate to say it, it's a really beautiful roller coaster. <laughs> it's really beautiful. Uh, Dr. Marissa, would you like to see the euthanasia coaster? Oh, of course. I'm yeah. pumped. And of course, all photos we talk about today and some stills of the ride will be on our social media. So please... Come on by. Come on by. Take a look at this euthanasia coaster. <laughs> so, here we go. Okay. This is stunning. Yeah, right? This is extremely beautiful. Um, I mean, like, I want this uh, in my house. Like, <laughs> It's really beautiful. It's really beautiful. It's very minimal. Basically, uh, uh, you should look at the picture on our Instagram. But if you, it, it just goes, it's like a huge camel, um, camel hump. But it's it so looks like King Dakar. Yeah, it looks like that. But it's not a ninety degree. Mm-hmm. It's pretty close to a ninety degree. But it it's like a more of a curvy ninety up and down. And then it has one, two, three, four, five, six, seven yep. spirals. Yep. Um, each one gets a little smaller than the last. Exactly. And I'm curious, just exactly how this kills you, other than yep. the obvious, which is just like. Uh, let's take a look at just the aesthetics clearly there's a lot of math behind this yeah uh, because those loops are they do decline in a um like in a ratio in a certain spiral yeah so let's take a look through the loops because i it's just so many beautiful angles of this oh i know it's like it's it's gorgeous it's so gorgeous i was i did not want to be for this i i do not i think Entertainment should not be how you die, but like, <laughs> this is gorgeous. Yeah, this please is a, take a look at the the shot through the loops. It's really, really, really stunning. Yeah, uh, yeah. So, Dr. Marissa, would you like to read the artist's lofty statement to tell us a little bit more about this uh, this ride? Of course, of course. So, from uh, Julie Jonas' website, quote: "Riding the coaster's track, the rider is subjected to a series of intensive motion elements that induce various unique experiences." From uh, euphoria to thrill and from tunnel vision to loss of consciousness and eventually death. Holy shit. Thanks to the marriage of the advanced cross-disciplinary research in aeronautics, yeah, aeronautics slash space medicine, mechanical engineering, material technologies, and of course, gravity, the fatal journey is made pleasing, elegant, and meaningful. Celebrating the limits of the human body, this kinetic sculpture is in fact the ultimate roller coaster. End quote. I mean, that worked on me. Yeah. (laughs) I know this is like a lot of bullshit, but like it works. It worked on me. Remember that packaging of that um, the uh, from uh, the Ukraine, the, the Ukraine, the, the Chernobyl, the vodka. Chernobyl vodka. Yeah. I was not into it at all, and then I saw the packaging. And I was like, it works. <laughs> it works. This advertising, this oh, this is gorgeous. It sounds stars. amazing. <laughs> Five stars. Would ride again if could. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So, 
how, in theory, does the ultimate roller coaster work? All right, let's get into it. Yes. <clears throat> the first leg of the journey is actually quite pleasant. As you and 23 other souls climb to the top of that massive hill, 1,670 feet up. Okay, so remind me, how high was the other one? 456. So this is four A twelve. So this is four times as big. <laughs> so uh, this would take about two minutes to reach to reach the top. Yeah. Uh, any passengers, by the way, that would want to get off during this time period, you can. Apparently, he said there's like you can stop. You could stop, and there's like different. There's like different um, like uh, levels you can like exit the ride or some shit. I don't know. Anyway. Yeah. <clears throat> he didn't want to die. Yeah. Anymore. <laughs> exactly. So, but. If we're still all on board and we made it to the top, the train would then plummet, hitting a top speed of 220 miles per hour. Oh, my God. After hitting terminal velocity, the train would then speed into the first of seven inversions. Oh, my God. Uh, It's here, sometime between the first and last loop-de-loo, is when you die. Oh, my God! (laughs) Uh, I'd like to quote the ride's wiki because it really does a bang-up job explaining just how exactly. Uh, Quote, the euthanasia coaster would kill its passengers through prolonged cerebral hypoxia, or insufficient supply of oxygen to the brain. Wow. The ride's seven inversions would inflict 10 Gs of force on its passengers for 60 seconds, causing G-force-related symptoms starting with gray out, then tunnel vision, to blackout, and eventually G-lock. G-L-O-C, which is G-force-induced loss of consciousness thanks to blood being drained from the brain. So it wouldn't hurt. You would just kind of black out. Yeah. Yeah, I guess you could say. It's fucking beautiful. But the the 10 10 G-forces, though. That's a lot. I feel like I... I feel like, I mean, I'm never going to go on this and I never want to, but like, I feel like I would be the person who would just throw up. Like, (laughs) they're trying so hard to make this seem like really nice. I'm the person who would, A, I would survive. (laughs) And you just puke on everybody. Their last last moments of life. They're all like serenely smiling. They're they're pulling like, this is their like Midsommar Uh jump off the cliff moment. They've waited for this. They're doing it peacefully. And I'm just like, (laughs) And then I survive. Yeah. <laughs> I can see it now. I, I can too. Great. Uh, continuing with the quote, uh, subsequent inversions or another run of the coaster would serve as insurance against unintentional survival of more robust passengers, end quote. So they'd give your body another run just in case. Great. <laughs> so that's nice. of them. More robust passengers, <laughs> lol. Uh, now I looked it up, and yeah, the average person, especially the average American, probably wouldn't need a second run. Really? Uh, untrained individuals who aren't used to G-forces usually pass out between four and six Gs. <gasps> uh, your age and fitness also has an effect. Oh, my God. So, again, this ride isn't real, but if the last few years has taught us anything, it's that anything is possible on this dystopian, pandemic-ridden Earth where billionaires and politicians face no accountability. Yep. <laughs> So, one ticket, please. (laughs) I'm kidding. I'm just, just kidding. The end. The end. The end. Oh, my God. Yeah. I I just can't stop thinking about how I would throw up on this roller coaster. (laughs) I would be, Uh, I would be too robust to, not because I'm healthy. I just, 
I'm, I'm like a cockroach. I just, <laughs> You're just full of Thai food or didn't just like... <laughs> they would be like studying my body for weeks. They'd be yeah. like, she only threw up. Why didn't she die? Yeah. Oh, because she's full of crap. <laughs> <laughs> she's full of tequila and sodium. Yeah. <laughs> she pickled her organs. She's going to be fine. She'll be great. Oh, thank you for listening. Thank you. <laughs> Rating and telling your friends... Uh, about this roller coaster and what else? That kid, he's all right. Oh, he's great. <laughs> yeah, so. he's, he's back to peanut butter. It's awesome. Yeah, it's wonderful. <laughs> and please, stay interesting. Please do.